In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Grant us peace, O Lord, in our days, for there is no other hope fight for us, save but you, our God. The following is a reading from Dom Prosper Geringer's The Liturgical Year. February 6th, St. Titus, Bishop and Confessor. We are to celebrate today the Feast of a Holy Bishop of the Apostolic Age, a disciple of the Apostle St. Paul. Little is known of his life, but by addressing to him one of his inspired epistles, the Apostle of the Gentiles has immortalized his memory. Wheresoever the faith of Christ has been or shall be preached, Titus's name has been venerated by the faithful. And as long as the world lasts, the Holy Church will read to her children this epistle, which was written indeed to a simple bishop of the Isle of Crete, but was dictated by the Holy Ghost, and therefore destined to be a part of those sacred scriptures which contain the Word of God. The counsels and directions given in this admirable letter were the rule of the Holy Bishop, for whom St. Paul entertained a very strong affection. St. Titus had the honor of establishing the Christian religion in that famous island, which was one of the strongholds of paganism. He survived his master, who was put to death by Nero. Like St. John, he sweetly slept in Christ at a very advanced age, respected and loved by the church he had founded. As we have already observed, his life left but few traces behind it, but these few are sufficient to prove him to have been one of those wonderful men whom God chose as the directors of his infant church. Titus, Bishop of Crete, was initiated into the mysteries of the Christian faith by Paul the Apostle, and being prepared by the sacraments, he shed so bright a light of sanctity on the infant church that he merited to be chosen as one of the disciples of the doctor of the Gentiles. Being called to bear the burden of preaching the gospel, so ardent and persevering was he in the discharge of that duty that he endeared himself to St. Paul so much as to make the apostle say in one of his epistles that being come to Troas to preach the faith in that city, he found no rest for his heart because he found not there his brother Titus. And having a short time after this gone to Macedonia, he thus expresses his affection for his, his disciple in these terms. But God, who comforteth the humble, comforted us by this coming of Titus. Being sent to Corinth by the apostle, he acquitted himself in this mission, which mainly consisted in collecting the alms given by the piety of the faithful towards alleviating the distress of the Hebrew church, with so much prudence and patience that he not only confirmed the Corinthians in the faith of Christ, but made them so desirous of a visit from Paul, who had been their first teacher in the faith, that they shed tears of long affection. After having undertaken several journeys, both by sea and land, in order to sow the seed of the divine word among people of various tongues and countries, and after having supported with great firmness of soul countless anxieties and fatigues in order to plant the standard of the cross, he landed at the island of Crete in company with his master, St. Paul. The apostle made him bishop of the church which he had founded in that island. And it is not to be doubted, but that Titus so discharged his duty as that he became a model to the faithful, according to the advice given to him by his master. In good works, in doctrine, in integrity, 
in gravity. Thus did he become a shining light, pouring forth the rays of Christian faith on them that were sitting in the darkness of idolatry and lies, as in the shadow of death. Tradition tells us that he passed into Dalmatia, where he labored with extraordinary zeal to enlist that people under the banner of the cross. At length, full of days and merit, in the ninety-fourth year of his age, he slept in the Lord the death of the just on the vigil of the nuns of January, January 4th, and was buried in the church in which the apostle had appointed him minister of the word. St. John Chrysostom and St. Jerome passed great eulogium upon this holy bishop, and his name is inscribed in the Roman martyrology on the day above mentioned. But the sovereign pontiff Pius IX ordered his feast to be kept by the universal church. Favored disciple of the great apostle, the holy church has decreed that one of the days of the ecclesiastical year should be spent in celebrating thy virtues and offering thee our prayers. Look down with love upon the faithful who glorify the Holy Spirit that gave thee thy rich graces. Thou didst discharge thy pastoral duties with untiring zeal. Every quality enumerated in the epistle addressed to thee by St. Paul is required in a bishop was possessed by thee. And thou shinest in the crown of Jesus, the Prince of Pastors, as one of the brightest of its gems. Forget not the church militant, of which thou wast one of the first guides. Eighteen hundred years have passed away since thou wast taken from her. During this long period she had had sufferings and trials without end. But she has triumphed over every obstacle, and she continues her glorious path, saving souls and offering them to her heavenly spouse. And this will she persevere doing until her Jesus comes to stop the course of time and open the gates of eternity. Meanwhile, O glorious saint, she counts on the aid of thy prayers and the great work of the salvation of souls. Ask of Jesus that he send us pastors like unto thee. Pray for that island which thou didst convert to the true faith, but which is now buried in the darkness of infidelity and schism. Pray too for the Greek church that it may regain its ancient glory by union with the See of Peter. Hear, O Titus, the prayers of the pontiff who has made thy name be venerated in the liturgy throughout the world, in order that he might draw down peace and mercy upon the world by thy powerful intercession. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.